Technology.ie, it's Friday, December 11th, 2015. Technology.ie is brought to you by Ireland's premier hosting and domain registration company, Black Knight. Black Knight offer a comprehensive range of hosting and domain solutions for businesses of all shapes and sizes, no matter where they are in the world. This is Conor Winichon, and I'm in Michaela Nealon's uh, soundproofed office now. Uh, it's, uh, I think, the second one we've done since we soundproofed it, Michaela. We have to do more of these. It sounds pretty good. Yeah, I think the audio uh, dampening, proofing stuff that you did uh, worked pretty well. What do you want to talk about first? Domain Name Wire. You were on the Domain Name Wire podcast uh, last week? Yeah, they, well, it's out uh, this Monday, so Domain Name Wire is one of the uh, the better known uh, domain industry um, blogs uh, written by Andrew, who's based in Austin, Texas, and he started doing a podcast a few months back, and he's had on uh, a you know, fairly good uh, range of different people, and last Friday he asked me would I go on, so I ended up going on with him, and we had a good chat about new TLDs. So those new shiny objects on the right of the dot and how well they're doing, or not, as the case may be. Um, because there's been a little bit of controversy, I suppose, um, because one of these um, InfoSec companies put out uh, some PR about a week or so back um, saying that some new TLDs were going to fail, which we all knew was going to happen anyway. But the way they framed it um, may have upset a few people. But to be perfectly honest... I think they're, they're, what they're saying isn't, isn't that far from reality. Um, it, it was always going to happen statistically. Um, well, it, this it doesn't it. mean that new TLDs in general are a bad idea. No, God, no. no. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if you look at, you know, if you look at say, the number of, of new TLDs that are out there, there are some that are doing well. They're, they've got real registrations. They've got viable business models. They've got a, they're, they're, vi- they're viable. I mean, they, they, will, they will work. There are others out there that are just plain stupid. I mean, they're a stupid idea. Um, the business model that they have is is bizarre. It's not compatible with anything. It's not a matter of being innovative. It's just, it's a matter of, you know, you had a silly idea. Somebody managed, gave you enough money for you to, to bring it this far. It now deserves to go away. Mm. And there's, there's, there's some out there like that. And, that, and that's the reality. It's like with anything. Uh, we also spoke about who is, which, of course, is a topic that is close and dear to my heart. And we all, I also touched a bit on the IANA transition, which is not that close and dear to my heart, and I've tried to avoid talking about it as much as possible since it's one of those things that, well, it's a necessary evil and everything else, but shouldn't get too excited. But, that, but the IANA transition is an interesting one um, because the way that's moving now, it's kind of it's in it's in the end game, as it were. You know, you've got the the, the final proposals have been have been prepared by the ICANN the ICANN community which is the last one because the numbers community has, has had theirs ready for a long time. The accountability stuff on the ICANN side, that that proposal is that is done. So it's a matter of packaging all that, of, of getting the community to, to accept or, or not that, that final proposal, package it all up, and then hand it over to the um, US Department of Commerce. But the interesting thing there, which kind of ties into what I was doing over in DC a couple of weeks back, is how that's going to work in Congress because there is legislation that needs to progress through Congress fully um, which will au- basically authorise the Department of Commerce to, to do the deed mm. and if that doesn't happen or doesn't happen quickly enough then you're into um, the US presidential elections which are, of course have been sucking up a lot of airtime over here over the last while but depending on which way that swings 
you could end up in a situation where the entire process stalls for several years. I mean, the, the, it, is, it is a fear. It's not the biggest, biggest boogeyman out there, but it is a problem. It is a potential problem. So, so that's uh, that was the domain name wire thing. That was kind of cool. Now you mentioned um, the uh, lobbying you did recently. You, uh, Black Knight, of course, is a member of an organisation called uh, the Internet Infrastructure Coalition, Coalition uh, or I Two Coalition for short. Um, I think it's the first chance we had a, a chance to do a podcast since uh, yeah, you were is. there with them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what was what was the purpose of that? Well, okay. So here's the thing. So the the I Two C Internet Infrastructure Coalition. I'm on the board of that, and. Um, what they've been doing is once a year they organise a member fly-in in DC, and during that fly-in, it's, it's, it takes place over a couple of days. Uh, we, as a group, go round and we talk to Hill staffers mm-hmm. and we talk to uh, members of Congress, essentially. So you're talking well, of both houses, mm-hmm. both House of Representatives and the Senate, and yeah. So you know, there's several bits of legislation that are are being are in there at the moment or are being discussed and some of them are moving moving along nicely others are stuck or some might need a little bit of a kick mm. and they they're important for the internet industry at a global um, global level because ultimately as i've said many many times in the past you know the it's an it's an interconnected system so you know if the us government takes a particular stance on something that touches on on the internet industry, it's going to have a knock-on effect here in Ireland and elsewhere. So we, you can't just go, Asher, look, that's just an American thing. That's not how it works. I mean, it can have a knock-on, or it can also embolden um, the politicians on this side of the Atlantic to take similar actions. Now, some of those actions might be positive, but some of them can be downright stupid. So, you know, you, you want to make it so that um, the legislators... Are getting the to hear the voice of the internet industry, like and the infrastructure side of it. Those of us who look after hosting, looking after the servers, looking after the domains, looking after the nuts and bolts. Those those kind of things that might be hidden in the background. Because all too often, what ends up happening is that they're being lobbied hard by people on the content side. And by the content, I'm talking big content: mm. uh, the movie studios, the music industry, um, the pharmaceutical people. And they all have a valid th- a valid reason to 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 lobby in in Congress. I'm, don't don't get they me wrong. They have legitimate concerns. Of but, course they yeah. do, but they're not. They're only they're a voice. Is it would it be a simple way to put it, uh, Michele, that uh, uh, part of the message uh, that you and and other people in the internet infrastructure business were giving was uh, okay, respect people's rights and all of that, but don't break the internet. I think you know at, at a meta level, yes. I mean yeah. that's obviously going to be it. But I mean, some of it, you know, you're talking about. We were talking about specific bits of legislation. I mean, there's there's, there's kind of weird bits of legislation out there. Um, the electronic, um, what's it called again? Sorry, the the acronyms would drive you to drink. <laughs> um, this one is called the Electronics Electronic Communications Privacy Act, um, which this is to do with. Legislation that's been around since 1984, and so the fun, the, the stupid thing is at the moment under in the U.S., um, if somebody wants to act access your physical mail, as in something that is comes through the post physically, you know, delivered by a postman, um, they need to go through a particular process. But if they want to access your electronic communications, 
They don't need to go through that process. They don't have, they don't, they can, there's a much, much lower bar. And that's, that is hugely problematic, especially when you actually look get into some of the more, de more finer details of it and you discover that the bar varies on the age of the communication and a whole bunch of other things, which is just plain stupid. You know, it's, electronic communication is how a lot of us conduct our business these days. We don't rely as heavily on physical letters and things like that. I mean, we still use them, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're in my office, you can see on my desk there are plenty of envelopes. And there always will be, but well, maybe for the foreseeable future, anyway. But the you know the, the, our in, our interaction, our relationship with a lot of these things has changed. Like in in 1984, um, email was not common by any stretch of the imagination. So you know, a, nowadays everybody has email. So you know, these things have to evolve. And there was a few other things we were talking to the, to some of these legislators and their staff uh, about. But it was an interesting experience. Uh, Congress is huge. Um, some of the politicians that I got to meet were, were quite entertaining um, and very, very different as well when you kind of deal with you know, some of the senators who are kind of operating at a particular level, whereas you're looking at a representative and like their office is very reflective of the area that they represent, mm. um, which is, I thought was just fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Like the, the entire office just being a reflection of the region that, that they represent. I mean, the flags for the, the various states, like the football jerseys, or in one case, all the medals. Very good. That was Arizona, good. obviously. Um, good experience. It was an interesting yeah. experience, definitely yeah. an interesting Very experience. Good. Let's talk about domains for a minute, Michaela. We're coming up to Christmas, and I think that domains make uh, great little stocking fillers and uh, Christmas presents for people. There's one in particular we're running a special offer on at the moment, and that's Dot .irish. Yeah, we're, we've done, we're running a special promotion on, on Dot .irish. You can go to christmas.irish to get details of the deal. But essentially, one-year registration of a Dot .irish domain name is only sixteen ninety nine. Very good. Which, and, you know, the beautiful thing about Dot .irish is... Find the domain you want, go to our website, pay, the domain's yours. Mm. Done and done. No paperwork. No paperwork, no headaches, you're up and running within a few minutes. Which kind of leads us, in a way, to talk about another, uh, well, let's face it, a very popular domain, which is .ie here in Ireland, uh, yes. Michele. And for various reasons, they have a manual verification process in place. Uh, you have to prove uh, some kind of an entitlement to a domain before you can actually register it, unlike .irish and some other ones. Uh, but this is the way it's done, and, the, and that's that. Um, they are, uh, th there's some issues, though, in relation to that, because, uh, because it's a manual process, they're going to take some Christmas holidays. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're essentially closed from the 23rd of December through till the 4th of, of January, which is a little bit problematic. I mean, during that time period, no new .ie domain name registrations will be processed. Uh, no transfers of .ie domain names can be, can be processed. No updates to holders can be processed. Um, no, I mean, there's, no, there's nothing, nothing that, in, it will, that requires manual human intervention on their side will happen. For almost two weeks. For almost two weeks. Okay. And it's something, as, uh, I, I can see what you mean, because, uh, and it's something you felt you had to blog about this week to point out to customers, because in this day and age, as you put it, uh, customers are going to be surprised to find that they Well, can't. what we find every single year is that... You know, the run-up to Christmas, and so you've got the run-up to Christmas where it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I need to get this finished before I go away for, for Christmas. So people make changes to things or um, try to, you know, get that stuff off their desk that they've, that's been hanging around for the last couple of weeks. 
Um, then over the Christmas break, I, I, mean, look, I think everybody has this, mm. you know, after 24, 48 hours at home with parents, relatives, children, everything else, um, you know, come, come like 48 hours in, people mm. start getting stir-crazy and it's like, oh God, what am I going to do now? Oh, 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 I'll go off and I'll... I'll know, make that website I'll I've make been that meaning to do for the last, yeah, yeah whatever. Okay. So, and it's so, worth knowing that if you want to do that... Uh, you can't you do it with a dot .ie. You can, yeah, you, well, you can get hosting and other domains here. But you can't get a dot... You, can't, you, you, cannot, get a dot you cannot register a dot .ie okay. over the Christmas period. So that kind of Christmas project will have to bear that in mind. Well, you can, uh, re- you can uh, register any other domain extension you want, but you can't register a dot .ie. Okay. Now, and it's worth telling people that without a doubt. Well, the thing is, this is what happened. What we end up seeing is every year that over the Christmas period, people um, submit, you know, request request for .ies. They're requesting transfers. They're requesting updates of various different kinds. Um, and, you know, we're getting people coming to us going, hey, what's the story of this? What, why is that not done? Et cetera, et cetera. And there's nothing we can do. There's nothing to do with us. We can't... And it's the same for every registrar. And as you say, oh, yeah. take it up with .ie if you've, if you've got it. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a pain. It's yeah. a pain in the neck. Speaking of .ie, they're, they're going through an interesting process at the moment as well, Michaela, in that uh, historically the, the one and two letter domains have been reserved uh, with .ie. They were blocked they completely. were blocked completely, yeah. Uh, what is the story? They're actually in a sunrise period opening those up now. At the yes. Moment. So one of the... It's the first policy to be approved to follow in, in the, the .ie Policy Advisory Board or Policy Advisory Committee, ah, whatever. Mm. Um, so the, yeah, historically, one and two-letter two .ie domain names weren't allowed. Um, there was one two-letter .ie domain name that predates IDR, which was... Oh, I can't think of it. UL.ie. UL, yes. So UL.ie um, predates... Predates all the others. And mm. by the way, a funny, a funny aside, my first email address was a ul.ie email address. Um, so anyway, the the process was 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 agreed upon, and so it's going through the same kind of process you have for new TLDs. You've got a sunrise, a land rush, and then general availability. So sunrise is only open to trademark holders. Uh, you have your trademark has to um, be for the two letters. Mm. It can't be a case of abbreviating your trademark just to make it fit. That won't work. And obviously, as well, the trademark would have to predate the announcement of the policy. Um, that pro, the, the trade, the, so you've got the sunrise, then you'll have the land rush, and um, there's auctions and everything else as well, because there's probably, there'll probably be some contention where you know, you'd have multiple people and, and companies going for the same domains, That'll go to trigger an auction process, and whoever has the deepest pockets will win, which is, which is fair. Because ultimately, the thing is, this is the way that the pricing and everything else has been designed. Um, the upfront cost is just for that first period. The renewal rate is going to be the same as for any other .ie domain name. So that's it's fine. It's not an issue. We're talking about 26 squared, roughly, minus the UL, uh, plus another 26 for the single-letter ones. Uh, and then there are numbers, I presume, as well, uh, digits involved in this. Yeah, there's, uh, digits, there's digits and there's letters. And, um, like, previously, two-character names were allowed. Now, so two-character, you could have um, a number and a letter, or a letter and a number. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was allowed. Um, IDR also um, held back a few... Um, but we, you know, we 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 managed to get that re- list, kept to keep that list fairly tight. Mm. So it's not it's not a massive list. There's, it, a, there's a few that were kept back, but not it, many. Is it likely? Do you think that there will be many left at the end of the land rush process to go to general? Availability? No idea. 
Yeah. I have no idea. It would be interesting to see. I, I have no idea. But, yeah. the, but see, the problem with these kind of things, Con, is that you're going to have a few fairly high-profile, fairly vocal um, advocates for, for, these, for these domains. Mm. I mean, these are the kind of companies, say, for example, I'll, I'll choose Hewlett-Packard, HP. Mm. They've been harping on about wanting to have HP.ie for years. This is not something new. This, like, this is what you know, been going back. I don't know years. I mean, I've been. Mm. I've heard. They've. I've heard that they've turned up for various events down through the years, and that was the only thing they were interested in. Um, so I assume that they'll apply for HP.ie. But you know, there's other companies and entities out there that will that will probably apply, and then there's the ones you don't know about. Um, so. You know, it's impossible to say what's going to happen. Like, I will probably, you know, I might, I might put in one or two applications for for a few in Landrush for both myself and for the company. But again, I've no idea how much contention there's going to be. There might be a load of contention, or there might be very little. It's it's an unknown. It's It'd be big, interesting to see, and we'll certainly come back and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. fun. It'll be fun to see. Trust Dev, I want to talk about uh, yesterday's big news, uh, Michaela. We have to say congratulations to uh, Pat uh, Phelan, to Chris Kennedy and the team at Trust Dev in Cork. Yeah, that was, you know, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting that. That was kind of... I was, kind of, I, was a bit, I was quite surprised. Yeah. Now, for those who might know, and uh, you can read about it, we'll post a link to it on technology.ie and elsewhere as well. It's been covered extensively over the last 24 hours. Of course it has, yeah. Uh, TrustF, the anti-fraud uh, company, uh, combining uh, machine learning with uh, traditional uh, fraud anti-fraud measures, um, was acquired uh, by one of their investors and partners, uh, a company called TransUnion uh, from the United States, uh, bought for a deal worth $44 million, uh, which includes a contingency uh, based on future performance, I think, uh, through for the next uh, several years, I think, through to 2018. Well, that's that's fairly standard. I mean, you see that with a lot of acquisitions where it'll be X plus Y, and the Y Y base is going to be, if you, is based on performance, which is understandable. SME Awards, uh, Michaela, let's talk about that. Uh, The uh, inaugural SME Awards were held uh, earlier this year in 2015. Uh, 2016 is around the corner, uh, centenary of 1916, and uh, of course the, the second annual SME Awards is going to be on. It's the uh, Black Knight SME Awards. The Award. Black Knight SME Awards. Get it uh, right, Con. Get because it right. Because we're, we're, we're in from the start. In we, we're the headline sponsor. Yeah. We're yeah. the headline sponsor for this. So Why, Michaela? Why are we sponsoring it? From our perspective, SMEs, small businesses that vary in, si- in, sh- in shape and size from one or one or two people through to 20, 30, 40 type, um, people... There, that's where the 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 lifeblood and the and the soul of the economy is coming from, um, and you know we also fit into that category. So the, the the products and services that we as a company are are, are pushing and offering uh, within the Irish market and elsewhere are products and services that, for the most part, are suited to SMEs. So us getting involved with an awards and event such as the SME Awards, it's logical. It's a no brainer. Anybody asking me why we're doing it, I kind of tend to look at them as if they've got three heads. Like, uh, duh, of course we're involved with this. It would be stupid of us not to be. The nominations are are open. Mm. There was a kind of informal soft launch of the nominations there a few days ago. Um, We put out the press release and everything about it uh, yesterday. Nominations are open from now until the 7th of January. Um, It's free to enter. 
before the 7th of January. If you go, if you try to enter after the 7th of January, it'll get, it'll cost you quite a bit. Um, and there's a bunch of categories, I mean, covering a range of different types of businesses. Um, yeah, and also as well, you know, the, the startup categories have been killed off. Uh, we're talking about new businesses instead. So, you know, that's, I think it makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. the, this kind of thing where you've got some, where, you know, you should be looking at those small businesses that are starting up that are, are doing things and actually, you know, bringing, bringing things into, back into an area, back into a region that are generating, generating revenue, that are hiring people, that are creating jobs. I mean, you know, the thing about it is you look at the news, you look at, at the headlines. The headlines are never going to be about, you know, small small business in, in, in West Clare hires three people. It'll always be, you know, Google hires whatever, 100 people. Microsoft is hiring this or building that. Facebook is doing this and doing that. And but, these are all foreign companies. Indeed, but, and from an economist's point of view, um, it's not those Googles and, and Facebooks that are actually going to drive the economy. Um, it's, it's the many hundreds and thousands of small businesses uh, which hire three people there, four people there. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Or, okay. or and here's, and here's the other thing as well. I mean, you look at this in a, term, in a purely, just looking at it from a pure fiscal point perspective. Um, small businesses pay taxes, mm. and they pay a lot of taxes. I mean, we pay more per, per capita, per per 100,000 euro turnover in tax um, than Google, Facebook and Apple. I, I mean, I haven't sat down and worked it out, but I know, I mean, you look at how much how much tax or how little tax, tax some of those guys are paying. And then, you know, these complicated uh, tax setups that they have. It's, it's you know, they're, they're the ones that are getting the headlines, whereas the small businesses such as ourselves, such as our, a lot, the bulk of our clients aren't getting those headlines and I think that's a bit that needs to change well let's talk about something really important then in that case uh, Michele uh, which is Star Wars the Star Force, Wars The, the Force, Force Awakens, Awakens. Uh, you posted yesterday that uh, the first trailer to feature actual dialogue yes. uh, was released in China yeah that, which is interesting because like the, the, a lot of the footage is the same as what we've seen or have been seeing for months but this time round we're actually getting to hear people speak mm. And it's, it's like, oh, oh my God! So, oh my God, he he can actually speak. He's, he's not just a, a, a kind of a, 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 an image on screen with with some music playing in the background. I watched it just before I came into you. Um, kind of exciting, Michaela. I was sort of impressed by what I heard. Kind of exciting, yeah. sort of impressed. <laughs> right? Okay. You got to, you got to, you got to. Uh, I've, I've got to set some context here, Michaela. I've been badly burned by, uh, well, by George Lucas. I got to blame in the first place uh, because, um, and I think I was saying this to you recently. Before now, our tickets are booked. Uh, right. It's uh, the Empire Movieplex, which is the cinema in Ennis. As I know, uh, I know the, well. The entire family is booked in for. Um, uh, for the the very first 3D showing in Ennis, which is at five forty five p.m. on next Thursday evening, so we're, uh, we're that's going to be hard for you to do now because I've got you working <laughs> through till you know whatever time it is on Thursday. Well, I'm, I'm going to be clocking out yeah. right, Thursday right, 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 okay. uh, for I think. Uh, okay, well, I mean, no, look, look, okay. Now the thing, the thing about but, it is, but I got to what I, what, so what I want to say to you is before I do that, right? I've got to actually watch episodes two and three, right? Uh, because I, I think I mentioned this to you before. I was so disgusted by uh, episode one. Uh, that I was it the Phantom Menace, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I actually couldn't bring myself to watch the other two. Uh, but I've got to, we've got to get up to date. I've got to see episodes two and three before before we see the next one. I guess. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I I re, I've been rewatching them. So I watched mm. um, four, five, and six, and then one, two 
no, one. I haven't actually. Have I watched two yet? I can't remember whether I did or not. Yeah. I, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I can go back and watch it because I have access to all of them. I have, I have them in some shape or form. You know, the, look, this, you know, the thing is this. I mean, from from the certain perspectives, certain well, a lot of people hated Jar Jar Binks. Mm. Um, the, but at the same time, the kind of this is where Darth Vader yeah. came from thing yeah. it was, was important. No, uh, for the sake of completeness, I feel I've got to watch those, those episodes. It's the Jar Jar yeah. Binks though that yeah. upsets everybody. Yeah, oh no, without a, without a shadow of Now, it. he doesn't actually upset me that much. No, I don't. I don't actually get upset by Jar Jar Binks. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a really silly character, but at the yeah. same time, yeah, so what? Yeah. Who cares? Okay. So, okay, so Star Wars, I mean, the, basically the place has become like, it's Star Wars mania, I don't know. What are you going to do? Where, where are you going to see it? I don't know yet. Okay. I don't. I honestly don't know because, due to a variety of different things, I wasn't exactly sure where I was going to be over the next couple of weeks. Um, and I had been considering a number of different solutions mm. to the problem: where the hell to go and see Star Wars. Um, and in the end, I got nowhere. So, do you feel it's important to see it uh, as soon as you can uh, and avoid perhaps uh, the inevitable spoilers that are going to start? No, not not so much. No. I mean, no. I think there's a huge amount of hype around it, and I want to see it obviously, but I want to see it on a reasonably good screen, if not a very good screen. Mm. So, for example, last weekend I saw Spectre on the largest screen in Europe, in London, in London mm. at the BFI IMAX, which is humongous in terms of screen it's it's massive it's it's really really big and the the screen the screen is fantastic the the actual complex itself is lovely mm. the audio and everything else is very good the pre-show is wonderful um there's an IMAX in Dublin isn't there um I think so yeah. but it'd be it's it'd be tiny by comparison yeah. I mean this is massive so I mean. you may be getting on a plane to go and watch it Michele is that a, a possibility well no because the problem the problem is that the BFI IMAX and a bunch of other places are completely sold out okay I mean completely sold out um, American Express sent me an email a couple of weeks ago saying hey as American Express blah 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 you know you qualify for you know um, early access to uh, the Star Wars Star Wars tickets on the BFI IMAX. Clicked on the link, got a bloody four oh four. Um, by the time I managed to get a con- coherent answer out of them, um, it was already those tickets were already sold out, okay. which was rather annoying. Um, I honestly don't know what the availability in in the BFI IMAX is going to be, and I'm not around for the first few weeks of January. I'm away for the first couple of weeks of January. I'm in, I'm in Las Vegas. Okay. So I might end up having to go see it there. We'll see. I promise not to spoil it if I see it first, Miguel. That's all right. Which I, which I probably will. We'll talk about CES in a minute. Let's talk about CES now. Right, um, let's talk about CES. It's not your first time going there. No, I was at CES this year, back in January. Um, going again, uh, January 2016. Um... And it coincides with another event that we... That well, the, to, the thing is, is this. So, the, see, so yeah. the thing is this. is There's a number of things. Like, So you've got CES is on uh, w- one week, and then starting the weekend after CES, mm. NamesCon is on. So I just go from one through to, an, through to the other. Uh, for CES, it's kind of interesting. Well, it's, it's hugely interesting. It's a massive event. Massive mm. event. Huge number of people spread across multiple locations in, in Las Vegas. They take over the entire Vegas uh, Convention Center, as well as all the, all the exhibition space in the Venetian 
um, and a few other um, places which are in kind of central around the strip. Um, and, you know, there's, there's conference parts to us, um, including a lot of stuff around policy and innovation, which is fascinating. I mean, the, the kind of things like last year, well, which was this year, um, having the senior, some of the senior guys from um, Uber and um, Lyft there talking about their approaches to dealing with um, local legalities, local regulations around ride sharing and all that. Uh, you know, that's fascinating. It was absolutely fascinating. And a bunch of other stuff around that. So there's, there's a couple of days of that kind of stuff, which is which should be interesting. There'll be a lot of the DC DC types will be in town for that. Um, but also you get to see all the shiny objects, all the cool tech. So that's, that will be fascinating, but exhausting because the space, the, the exhibition space is gigantic. I mean, we're talking... I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Of this. There's not. There's no equivalent in Ireland. I mean, the space is just so big, and you know, some parts of us. Um, you're dealing with these massive stands for some of these big, multinational Fortune 500 type companies, where they're like, you know, a Panasonic, for example, would have a stage, um, uh, would have a stand that would in, probably include a stage, and would ha- would be um, as big as. Um, I don't know, like say a quarter, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an, an example. Um, it would be as big as, I can't think of an analogy, sorry, but it would be, be very big. Yeah. Um, through to some little startup that might just have a little table, I mean, a tiny little table. You have, you know, you'd, so you'd have people in there that'll vary. You'll have ones who are um, just starting out, they're, they're, they're running projects on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Um, you'll have um, the likes of Le French Tech who always have a presence at these kind of events. So there'll be a bunch of them, um, which are basically French technology companies that are being assisted in some way, in some respects by the French government. Um, you'll have a lot of drones, probably. Yeah. Uh, drones were huge this year. They'll be huge again next year. Um, hoverboards, probably not so much since the damn things keep exploding. Um, you know, there's... And the, the, you'll, see, you'll see technologies, and some of it will be ready for prime time yeah. and other stuff you're looking at you're, and you're, what you're seeing there is what people might be able to buy in two or three years time when it gets to a point where it's that well developed so that'll be CES that'll be, that'll be fun that'll be interesting um, then the week after that NamesCon which um, has become one of the kind of go-to uh, domain name industry events um, Vegas you see as a city um, it's it's not that expensive to get to, um, in the grand scheme of things, and you can literally get a hotel, which won't be rat infested and full of bugs, for as low as say twenty twenty dollars a night. Um, I mean, you can go you can go to the other end of the spectrum if you want to, but you know, even the MGM Grand is 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 not that expensive. Um, so it's it's quite an affordable location to 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 have a um, to have a a conference and but for a conference the size of Namescon, you know it's tiny when you put it side by side CES. So CES you're talking seventy eighty thousand attendees or more. I think it was actually more than that. Uh, whereas Namescon they, they they might be in around a thousand attendees. A um, thousand attendees in Vegas nobody's going to notice. It's a big city. There's a lot of hotels. 
Um, so that, that'll be interesting because you'll have a bunch of different tracks. It's going to be very kind of business oriented. Um, you'll, you'll have a lot of the domain registries there, a lot of the domain registrars. Uh, there'll be a live auction. Uh, the live auction has some very nice domains on it. Um, I think some of them are already open for pre-bids. I think I saw something somewhere about that. Um, will I be bidding on some of those? Maybe if the price is right. Um, but the thing with live, bid, live bids and live auctions, um, you can pick up some nice, nice uh, domains if you know they, if it's a good fit for you and it's the right thing. I mean, the thing with with domain auctions, I mean, you know, you look at look at stuff sometimes and you see the way the prices go, and you'd be left scratching your head. I remember watching Porn.net going under the hammer, and that one went from. I think it started like a low bid of like five or six thousand, and it eventually went under the hammer for I think it was like for close to half a million. Wow! And that all happened very quickly. That all happened over the space of like two or three minutes. Wow. I knew the guy who bought it as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know the stuff. Oh yeah, I mean the 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 domain auction. I was there last year, and you know there was some dot club were putting a few very nice domains up for grabs. Dot XYZ had a few. Uh, who else had ones in there? I think Uni Registry might have had one or two. Um, plus, there were a few dot coms and a few other and a few CCTLDs, and some went for really, really healthy sums. Others didn't. Nobody bought them. But you'll see that. I mean, it's not a case question of the price. Just is you know, is the right buyer in the room? Okay, uh, Michele, happy Christmas to you. In case I don't see you, and uh, Bow humbug. Any hopes or plans for 2016 that you want to mention? No. Thanks again. All right.